It's your Gimel Kislev. Tomorrow is your Dal Kislev, the Rebbe's wedding anniversary. The Rebbe and the Rebbe's wedding anniversary. This year it's going to be 86 years. Pay both. Today is your Gimel Kislev. Your Gimel Kislev is a very interesting day. You may recall that in Memva, which is 29 years ago, there was a whole question about the Rebbe having to testify. And someone sent me this morning, I get the Oyer V'chaim distributions that um, the Rebbe got up at 6 o'clock in the morning to say Tillim. And around midday, it was determined that the Rebbe doesn't have to go testify. Now, I, I, you know, at the time, the story that we heard was, and I don't know what the truth is, but that they wanted the Rebbe to testify and the judge asked why they need the Rebbe to testify. He said, because the Rebbe is very important in this case. And we hear his opinion. So that we claim that for the Rebbe's health, it was not a good idea to bring the Rebbe into court. Now, by the way, I recently saw a film of Dr. Weiss. Dr. Ira Weiss, who was the Rebbe's cardiologist, who testified that it's not good for the Rebbe's health for the Rebbe to go into court and testify. And he said it. I was given permission by the Rebbe to reveal his medical condition in court. In other words, it was taka, a real basis in medicine why the Rebbe shouldn't testify. And um, the judge didn't make the Rebbe testify. But the story that went around at the time was that the very that we were claiming that it was not healthy. So they went and collected from 770 my modem and Sichis how much the Rebbe puts out in a week in Torah. And he said, tell me, this is not a healthy man. <laughs> this is a week of output. <laughs> so the judge asks the lawyer, what's on these papers? He says, talks, opinions on what? On everything. Are there discussions on the books here as well? So he says, yeah. So, okay, so then don't bring him, bring his papers. <laughs> there was a case of a Napechul Mamish, and there was a big celebration at the time. So every year we mark this uh, idea. And you know, the Hashgach al is. It's a very interesting Hashgach practice. I learned which makes me a sinner in some circles, maybe more than some circles. I already learned this morning's Rambam. I just worked out. I got up this morning. I learned Rambam, and the Rambam of today is that a melech ain't done in say. It's today's Rambam that a king is not supposed to be judged. Now, if you look inside the Rambam, you'll see it's not so simple. Malchi Yisrael ain't done in say. Malchi they do judge because Malchi Yisrael you don't judge. But people were quoting that the Rambam. And they're using it as a source associated with today, although it's a bit complicated. So I'm sharing this with you. Now, we have a tradition with Hashem's help and blessing. And we appreciate this help and blessing very, very much. And we tell Hashem all the time, thank you. That we're learning my modem of the Rebbe. And the way we learn my modem of the Rebbe is that we start the new year on Yutes Kislev. And, and from Yutes Kislev to Yutes Kislev, we learn my modem of the Rebbe. We finished, we did the lie, I put it up last night, I think. We completed the year. We did all the mud of Tashendal of Mem already. In other words, the last Maimah we did, which I guess was a week ago, we did Padre B'Shalom. Padre B'Shalom was a Maimah of Yud Kisla from the Rebbe from 1983-84, Tashendal of Mem. We put, I put it up already, we're done. So the next Maimah we have to learn is supposed to be from Tashendal Mem Gimel from 1983-82. Um, Yutas Kislev but Yutas Kislev is a week away so um, I decided to hop around and sneak in an extra maimah which I love to do always and this is a maimah from Tov Shin Yud Bey it's actually the first Yutas Kislev maimah of the Rebbe's Nesias the Rebbe became Rebbe Yud Shvat a year earlier so clearly the Yutas Kislev of the previous year there was no maimah and um, 
So I, I prepared the Maimir and I found that the Maimir exists in two versions. The way it was in the old Hanachas and the way it's in the new Hanachas. The people who work on the Rebbe Sikhas Maimodim that have gone all the way to like Choftes. They printed Maimodim Mamish all the way till 1968, 69. Yeah, the, the Padre Shalom was off. All the Maimodim from Dalai I'm looking at my phone right now. We put, I put them all up in Mitzvah Hashem. So, um, um, they redid the Maimodim from the tape. In other words, Maimodim that are weekday Maimodim, they listen to the tape and they read the Maimodim. So when the old print is eight pages and the new print is 13 pages. So they made me very nervous. I made copies of both. I started to look back and forth. We're doing the, the longer version, which is 13 pages. In other words, we're giving this Maimodim three shiurim, which is a bit uncharacteristic. And to be sure, Mekena Sarayin Kvetchen in you really could squeeze it into two. You don't need three shiurim. Because basically it's very, very elaborate. It's extremely well explained. There's not too many difficult concepts in this Maimon. There's just beautiful concepts in this Maimon that in the newer version is elaborated on quite extensively. So if I have three classes for a Maimon, I have to structure the Maimon. I have to figure out what I'm going to do each day. We're going to start on page Kufa in Beis today, actually. And we're going to go through page Kufa in Hay or Vav, which you do not yet have. I'm going to give it to you. I, I, I have the second page here. I'm being, uh, what's the word? Teacherly. <laughs> I'm giving you the sheets as you need them, and I, I'm going to need them back, because because on Sunday, Amit Hashem, when we continue, I'm going to need some of those earlier pages as well. So we're going to we're going to learn today, I think, five Amudim. That's the plan. Beginning on page Kufay and Beis, which is going to be one section of the Maimon. And we know that on Sunday, Sunday we're going to have Ayudal Kisaf Abedin in the first hour, no Tanya. And the second hour we're going to be learning the second part of Padre Shalom. And we know that on Monday, with Hashem's help, of course, we will complete the Maimon. I just want to say something by way of introduction. And that is that what the Rebbe is doing in this Maimon, and the Rebbe did this Kamapamim, this is not the only example we have for this, is that. I trust that you know by now from all of our learning and repeating and discussing and fabrenging that Maimare Hasidis have a very, very, very structured pattern. Maimare Hasidis are very, very rigidly designed. And in the most concise way, the rigid design of Maimarim is the Alter Rebbe. The Alter Rebbe created Maimarim, the Rabbeim after the Alter Rebbe, almost without exception, did not invent new ones. They simply took the Maimare Alter Rebbe and repeated them. But when you repeat a mime with the Alter Rebbe, you can add commentary and analysis that essentially makes it Panam Chadosh. It becomes a brand new mime. And uh, that's what the Rabbeim do. They take existing Maimodim of the Alter Rebbe and they develop it. So oftentimes, when you read many Maimodim that are based on the same Pasuk, they'll look very similar. They'll look like repeats, look like retreads. And that's exactly what they are. You could, uh, some Maimodim that the Rabbeim were really, really into. You can find literally 20 versions, 20 biyurim in the same Maimed, starting with the Alta Rebbe, then the Middle Rebbe, then Semach Tzedek will give you three or four, then Menashe will give you two or three, then Rebbe Shab can have a couple. That's how my Mori Hasidis go. They're all based on Alta Rebbe, almost entirely. Now, when you look at my Mori with Alta Rebbe and Padre B'Sholem, and I, now this could be totally wrong, but my sense is that there are two my Mori with Alta Rebbe and Padre One my Mori with Alta Rebbe is printed in my Mori I know this because I once researched this. Mamad Maktan means the abbreviated Mamad Al Rebbe. It's one page. One page. One omit. One page. From this one page, the Mittal Rebbe made 
I think, 21 sides, 10 and a half blood. And I actually sat with that one page of Alter Rebbe and the middle of the Rebbe's incredible long moment and show how literally from three words in Alter Rebbe, the middle of the Rebbe makes a pedic. From four words in Alter Rebbe, the middle of the Rebbe makes a pedic. It's mamish to say, Mahmoud. But in the middle of the Rebbe's version is so concise. It's, it's, you don't see any of the depth. In the middle of the Rebbe just stretches it out. This Maimir, which is printed in the Moram of the Rebbe explains the Pasuk. And again, like the middle of the Rebbe develops it. The Rebbe, when the Rebbe brings the Maimir, he doesn't bring it in the name of the Alter Rebbe. He brings it in the middle of the Rebbe. Um, I'm sure there's more than one reason why. But that massive Maimir from the, from the middle of the Rebbe, Shadri Chuba, is based on one page of the Rebbe, Maimir Maimir And like I said, it's, it's Maimir, like, it's a few words per page almost. The, relate, the ratio between the Alter Rebbe and the middle of the Rebbe. Goes on the Pasuk. Ponder Bishalom Nashim Mikrovak Ibrahim Hamad goes on the Pasuk. Bechlal Chasidus goes on Pasukim. Chasidus is Pnimi Asatel goes on Mikra, Pasuk. But then you also have in Tanya, I think it's against the Kedish Dawit, without ever brings the Pasuk, Ponder Bishalom Nashim Mikrovak Ibrahim Hamad. But he doesn't explain the Pasuk. He brings the Gemara. That the Gemara says, Kola Eisek, Betera. If you learn Torah and you do Gemilas Chasadim and you daven with a minion, Mala ni alav, I consider it Kilu Padaani as if you redeem Liu Labana me and my children remain Umes Ha'elam from the face of the from, um, from the nations of the world. I think I'm pushing it a little bit. It's not Vidyok like I'm saying that it's in Tanya. So maybe it's not in the but the bottom line is that there are these two versions of Padre B'Shalom. I, I, I've shared this idea with you on a number of occasions in the past. You have my modern of Padre B'Shalom that go on the Pasuk, and the modern of Padre B'Shalom that go on the Gemara. What's the difference between my modern Padre B'Shalom that go on the Pasuk and my modern Padre B'Shalom that go on the Gemara? The difference is that if you go on the Pasuk, Shalom means only one thing. Padre B'Shalom means only one thing. Bepashtus it means Torah. In this Maimed, the Rebbe is going to say different. That Padre B'Shalom, if you go on the Pasuk, means only one thing, and it means Kibarabim Hoyumadeh. It means diving with a minion. If, on the other hand, you go on the Gemara, so Padre B'Shalom includes three things, Torah, Gemilas Chasadim, and Mispalo Lematzim. So you have the, the Maimari Chasiris and Padre B'Shalom, and basically you have two versions. And basically is a very big word. Many of the Maimari and Padre B'Shalom Go on the Pasuk, in which case there's only one basis for the Padre B'Shalom. <coughs> a lot of them say it's Tera. This one has its Tefillah. On the other hand, if you learn Padre B'Shalom with the Gemara, Padre B'Shalom goes on all three Kavim, Tera, Gemara, Chasadim, and Tefillah. So I started saying, that when you learn Memorial Chasidus and Padre B'Shalom, you have these two versions. Adar Azoi, Adar Azoi. This is the Rebbe's first Padre B'Shalom of his Nesiyas. This is his first shot, yeah? The Rebbe begins his Nesiyas by bringing the two versions of Padre B'Shalom and juxtaposing them against one another. I don't think any Rebbe did this before. In other words, the Shalom Aleichem, the very first page, is the Rebbe brings the Padre B'Shalom Pasuk, the Rebbe brings the Padre B'Shalom Gemara, shows how if you read the Pasuk without the Gemara, which so many Maimari Hasidists do, you come up with one understanding of Padre B'Shalom. But if you read Padre B'Shalom with the Gemara, you get a very different understanding of Padre B'Shalom. And the Rebbe's question is, how do we make Shalom between these two interpreters? So again, I repeat. 
In my Mare Chasidis, Bedera Klal, usually, it's an either or. Either you learn Padre Bishon based on the Pasuk alone. And again, if I'm understanding it correctly, when you read Padre Bishon based on the Pasuk alone, the Padilla is because of one cause, either only Teira or only Tefillah, the Tzibah. If you go on the Gemara, the Padre Bishon has to do with three causes, Teira, Tefillah, and Tzedakah, Gemara's Chasadim. But the Maimarim are either this or this. You know, the Rebbeim choose either this path or this path. The Rebbe opens up his Nesiyas. The Shalom Aleichem to the Rebbe's Nesiyas is, we have these two paths to Maimarim, a part of Shalom. How do we make Shalom between the two Maimarim, a part of Shalom? You get that? Now, understand that this is the first year of the Rebbe's Nesiyas. We already learned, Memchas, Memzayim, Memvav, Memhei, Memdalat. We do it five years. And I remember distinctly, Learning a Maimah from the Rebbe from much more recently, where the Rebbe asked the same question and tried to resolve the two Padabashalms. But I can't remember what year, I didn't look, and I can't remember how the Rebbe explained it. But that's what the Rebbe is doing in this Maimah. The Rebbe begins, so to speak, by saying, okay, we know what the Rebbe before me said. And we know that when they learn Padabashalm, they can go down this road or down this road. So we make these two roads into a highway. And that's what's happening here in this Maimah. Okay? But. This Pedic Aleph, where the Rebbe asks this question, we're leaving for the third class on the Maimon. In other words, the, what I just told you is the big picture of the Maimon, the essence of the Maimon. The Rebbe is trying to make Shalom between two interpretations of the Pasuk, Pazab Shalom. But we're not doing that today. We're doing that in Mr. Blinedet. Everything is Blinedet Monday. Today we're starting in Sif Beit. It's on page Kufayim Beit. And we're going to learn a shtickle Maimon. And I don't want you to worry about anything. So don't worry about Father Bishon. Worry about Father Bishon on Monday. Today we're going to worry about this shtikl, which is a very, very geshmake inyan and avoida. And I'm reading it. I'm learning it, obviously. And I'm wondering how original it is. In other words, how much of what the Rebbe says here is based on the Ramadan of the Friedrich and Abayim, and how much the Rebbe says the Rebbe is saying here on his own. And it's very possible that it is to a great extent original. It's possible that, very, that a lot of what the Rebbe is about to say is very, very much the Rebbe. Okay? So I'm just going to give you a very short introduction. You live on earth and you have a relationship with the Abishta. Part of your job in living on earth and having a relationship with the Abishta is engaging the world. You live on earth and you have a relationship with the Abishta. But you also have a goof. You also have a Nefesh Hamas. And you also have a Chalke Ba'elam. And this Maimed discusses this idea that as human beings and as Jews who are servants of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to live on earth we don't have a choice. To have a relationship with the Ebishter is our mandate. And the Maimed is going to teach us that our relationship with the Ebishter cannot be a relationship with the Ebishter per se. It must be a relationship with the Ebishter that involves our being on earth. Our earth aspect. And now let's learn, okay? Page Kuf Ayim Beis. Sif Beis, first line. Mavur Batanya, it's explained in Tanya, she called Ish Yisrael Yeshtei Neshamas, Shem Yeshtei Nefashas. Every Jew has two Neshamas, which are two souls. Nefeshachas, he Nefeshabahamas, the first soul, the animal soul. Nefeshashen is Yisrael, he chaylik alakamim al-mamish. The second soul a Jew has is the Nefeshalakis. Correct? You with me? You have the place? Page Kufayim Beis, Omevayer Baruch. And it says in Tanya chapter 9, that if you have two souls, there's going to be conflict. 
And how does the conflict go? Each one wishes. She alone. Hameshelas alir kanaz aguf should rule the small city which is the body. Umitzadzeh nasa melchom. That's what is a war. Like I always tell my students when I learn with them, I say to them, there's one thing that the neshama and the nefesh Bahamas don't know about. They never heard of the United Nations. They never heard of ceasefire. They don't understand the word compromise. They understand only one thing: unconditional surrender. Nefesh Bahamas wants to kill the nefesh Bahamas. Take it over. Nefesh Bahamas wants to kill the nefesh Bahamas. Take it over. And there is no room for compromise. Next slide. This war is the purpose of the creation of the person. And the Rebbe goes on to say, the Neshama is perfect. It came into this world to deal with the Guf of Neshama Bahamas, Mavadah itself, and so on and so forth. So we read now the next paragraph. We understand we have two Neshamas. And we understand that these two Neshamas are engaged in a war, in a Muhammad, where each one wants to defeat the other. By the way, the word for Muhammad that's used is Krav. And Krav means a war where you look straight into the eyes of your enemy when you shoot him. Come to hand to hand combat, up close. So the Rebbe says in the next paragraph as follows: Avoid the zoo, become There's different ways you can engage in this war, But before we get to the war, I want to say this. And the Rebbe goes off with a very interesting and unusual conversation. It's possible for you to serve Hashem. That the godly soul should dissociate and have no relationship whatsoever with the body and the animal soul. This is especially likely when a person has an neshama which is very high and has a body that's very low. So if your neshama is very high and your body is very low, there's a great disparity. The distance, the loftiness and spirituality of the soul, and the physicality and crudeness of the body. There is a possibility for an neshama to be engaged with a kaddish baruch but even in such a way, it should have no relationship, not with the animal soul and not with the body. How do you do this? You immerse yourself in understanding godliness. But you do it in the same style as the Neshama was understanding godliness. Before it descended into this world. So a person, especially a person with a very high Neshama, very low Guf, could involve himself in spirituality in the kind of a way where he's involved in spirituality with an altogether disconnect from his guf and his nefesh abahams. And I'm skipping one line. It's possible also that a medicine and should be in this world. You should understand godliness. And you should also have feeling for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Love for God and fear of God. It doesn't have any relationship with the body and the animal soul. In other words, they remain the same. The Rebbe is describing a possibility for a person to be involved with the Eibishter and in no way is he including in Guf and Nefesh Bahamas. Now, we cannot understand how that's possible because we are the kind of people that everything we do, even the holiest acts that we do, involve in Nefesh Bahamas. But he's trying to describe a theoretical possibility. And there apparently were people who could do this. You could involve in spirituality and you push it. You're like dumping your Guf and Nefesh Bahamas. In short and in, simpl- in simplistic form, 
the way this is done is by being cool in your avayda. The neshama is cold. The neshama is chokhmah. The neshama is mayach. The nefesh abahamis is lev. The neshama is zegish. But the coldness of the neshama is not a, a cold coldness. An I don't care coldness. The coldness of this neshama is a coolness. Is a, a harmony with what the neshama is engaged. If a human being has mental control over himself to the degree that he's capable of just engaging in his activities in a completely engrossed but quiet and cold way, there is a possibility to study the Abishtit, to spend hours and hours and hours learning about the Abishtit, and even to have feelings of the Abishtit, and the whole event should be separate from your life. It's a totally, it's, it's a really spiritual event. It's a very, very refined event. And the argument of the Rebbe is that when you do that, you have an enormous experience. It feels terrific. But when you stop that engagement and you go back to your life, which is your food, your clothing, your home, your family, you're not at all transformed. You're not at all transformed because you dissociated. You went away from yourself. So the Rebbe continues and he says, Therefore, I'm six lines from the Bible. It's conceivable that this person should bring forward his neshama and emphasize his neshama in such a way that you don't feel your body, you don't feel your animal soul, and you certainly don't feel their concerns. Why? You dissociate. You go out of your physical existence, you engage in a spiritual existence, and you enjoy it. You like ideas. You like spirituality. So you're doing it in a very cool and disconnected way. What's, what's good about that is that it's incredibly meaningful, incredibly rewarding. What's bad about it is the following. And the The person later steps away from this endeavor. This divine understanding. He did nothing to his body. He did nothing to his animal soul. He didn't struggle. He didn't integrate, he didn't join his spiritual journey with his life. Or the person can spontaneously fall from the highest height to the lowest lows. I'm just going to give you a very, very poor illustration of this. Because I don't have a better illustration. But I heard this from Yossi Jacobson. That when he got married, his father printed a chuda, which I've been asking for years to get a hold of and I still haven't gotten. In the chuda. Geshebel, Rabbi Jacobson's father printed a Yechidus that he had with the Rebbe in 1985. The Rebbe no longer had Yechidus, he discontinued Yechidus. But the Rebbe used to call people to talk, to chat. The Rebbe Pasha wanted to see people. And it was very secretive. And the Rebbe used to call individuals, mostly non-Lubavitches actually, and just sit in the room and chat with them. Pasha, the Rebbe should be involved with people. Let didn't mention. And the Rebbe called Geshebel and he told him, Geshebel is a Lubavitcher, that nobody should know about it because of Kines Achim. And for Yossi's wedding, which was way after Gimel Thomas, he printed up minutes of this extended and very, very interesting exchange. One of the things that ever told him on that occasion was as follows. That when he was in Poland, when Friedrich and Rebbe, the Friedrich ever told the Rebbe once Rosh Hashanah to visit three shuls. A Polish shul, a Kopaster shul, and a Lubavitcher shul. Kopost is a Chabad Hasidus. But not Labavitch. It was a breakaway from the Tzemach Tzedek's children. So the Rebbe told Gershbet, he went to these three shuls and he said the following. 
In the Polish Shoshik Ganesh Kitan. In the Polish Shoshana, I didn't see the Shoshana at all. In the Kapusta Shoshana, is gestanden um sich chabadet in the withstanding and doing chabadet chabadeting whatever that means in the Lubavitcher show hat man gedamt in the Lubavitcher show they were actually davening now if I had an hour I could study this word I think it's an incredible word it's a very authentic word from the Rebbe who is so not the kind of person to analyze people but davening means an interplay of mind and heart chabadet means mind just just to engage and the Rebbe said it's a wonderful experience but if you just chabadeh you just engage your mind and you don't bring it into your life and the David doesn't have warmth when you leave the chabad you're the same person you're not changed so the Rebbe says often people have these great spiritual experiences and it makes them feel very very good and then they fall catastrophically because the good feeling triggers other desires desires for other good feelings and since you didn't engage, you never promised me a goof. There was no refinement going on. Which is why there's a gemara. This gemara is going to repeat itself in this moment over and over again. Hamispalal when you daven. So Rashid and Ain of Lamata have to keep your eyes on the ground, Vilibir Lamaila and your heart in the heavens. This is a famous gemara. When you daven, keep your eyes downcast and your heart heavenward. Now, of course, the simple meaning of downcast is don't look around. Don't look at people in shul. But the Pneumius is as high as you soar, make sure you're on this earth. Because if you soar and you go away from this earth, it's not ha- it's having the effect what it needs to have. To have. Um, vur bazet, explain in Hasidus. Shem tap of kufayin gimel now. Shem layil aykishirim amata. If you don't have a connection to what is below. Hari imayyeh shebesha'asat filo. During the davening itself, skip the parenthesis. Nimtza omnam lamayla, you're in a very elevated state. Mikomakam la'acharat filo. After davening, nothing is left. So the Rebbe says it's possible for a person to engage in spirituality and it's neshama alone. And the Rebbe says that's wrong, period. That is a mistake. There is a concept of schar which is the neshama alone, but it has to come after the mulchah. For Yid, to be involved in spirituality in a way which dissociates himself from the Tkufas Nefshah Bahamas as an initial avoider, it's not avoider, it's not constructive, it's not Yiddishkeit, it's wrong. So the Rebbe presents us with option A, and discards it. Now we go, page Kufayin Gimel, five lines from the top, therefore, the way to serve Hashem, which is correct, is, it may be, that the Neshama and the Gof, Kufayin Gimel, six lines from the top of the page, it may be, that the Neshama and the Gof are very far away. Mikoma conceive you should know Haliach Eisav Liyankiv Yankiv and Eisav are brothers. Your goof and your neshama are brothers. What does that mean? Shamavare, which is Yankiv, Vamizbare, which is Eisav. Aim them be'erech. They're close to one another. Moreover, Uba'achva Zela Zed. They're in a state of brotherhood. Vahainu. The point is Shatama Sheyi Yunirim Rechetim Zemi Zed. Far apart as they may be. Tzadach Leide. You have to know Ashalafum Gam L'Shechem. If you're stronger, you're given a bigger load. If you're weaker, you're given a weaker load. This soul is in this body. Yes, I'm They have a relationship. And when you serve the Eibishter, your Yiddishkeit has to affect your Nefesh Abahamas and your Guf. When does it? When there's heart, passion. Because that's the language of Nefesh Abahamas. The loftiest soarings that you may do has to affect the heart. Otherwise, it's not a void. It's a trip. 
It's a, it's, it's a spiritual experience. Without God, this is included in the aforementioned Maimon Azal Hanal. Shegam your heart is soaring into the heavens. So the ain of Lamata, your eyes have to remain downcast on the world. Which is why serving Hashem is called a war. Okay? Two translations. Krav means Mohama and Krav means Kiruf. War and closeness. And the point, of course, is that in our closeness with our Nefesh Abahamis, we engage in a battle. We fight with the Nefesh Abahamis. In other words, I'm serving Hashem. I'm learning Ted. I'm doing mitzvahs. And my Nefesh Abahamis is bothering me. I'm fighting with Nefesh Abahamis. So I'm elevating him. What if I'm those, one of those Jews who learn Ted and do mitzvahs? And my Nefesh Abahamis leaves me alone. So I engage him with passion. Now go to nine lines in the bottom of the page where I have the two asterisks. What does it mean practically? You come to a Jew and you say, I want you to dedicate your life to understanding godliness. That's your job. Fulfill the positive commandment of knowing the God of your Father. It says, that ever you should know it must be in such a fashion. You have to serve him with your heart as well. says the Rebbe, I'll explain to you what I mean. Whatever you understand about godliness, loving God and fearing God, you have to bring them down. And the Rebbe says in Yiddish, bring them down. In the kind of language, and the Rebbe says in Yiddish, that should make sense, also in the human mind, and through the human mind, you understand Hasidus? Explain it better. Explain it lower. Bring it down into a form and into a framework and into an example which is the behemoth understands. Why? I would rather understand it on a higher level and then it's more abstract, it's more refined, it's more ideal. Yeah, true. But then you're not serving Hashem. Then you're serving your own ego. You're being an intellectual. You want to serve Hashem. The ideas that you understand have to be spoken in a language that the brain of your animal understands as well. And ultimately, it's not just the brain of your animal that understands, it also is the heart of your animal. Okay? So the Rebbe begins today's conversation by introducing us to the idea, God put us in this world and we have a job to do. And there's a wrong way and there's a right way. The wrong way is to dissociate, to be somehow engaged in connected to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, in a disconnect from your life, it's a trip. It's a wonderful feeling and an experience, but it's not an avoider. You're not accomplishing anything. Because as soon as you finish that trip, you will trip, literally, falling on your face. You have to engage. And you engage by not just understanding, but by feeling. And you engage by understanding on a level where your Nefesh Bahamas also understands. And this is called Krav. I'm close to my life. I bring the ambition to my day-to-day life. And I fight. Okay? Omnum. Having established that serving Hashem is not just spiritually experiencing a trip, but by struggling with the Nefesh Bahamas, which means the emotions of your heart, and again, understanding the concepts of Hasidus on a level which is lower. You know, the Rebbe always talked about little children and Pshute Shal Mikra. The Rebbe used to use language that little kids could understand. And the Maimed here is explaining why. Because you want to bring it to a level of understanding that the understanding is to your Nefesh Bahamid, so that there's an element of Avoidah. So now comes a very interesting concept. 
Once we understand that you need to serve Hashem with an engaged Nefesh Bahamas and Guf, there's two methods. B'derech Mechama, by way of war, or B'derech Menucha, by way of peace. Now I need to preface, because it'll just make life much easier for us. And listen to the language of them, the thought process of them. B'derech Mechama means, I'm engaged with Bahamas, and I'm respecting him, I'm giving him a Matthias. B'derech Menucha means, I'm engaged with Nefesh Bahamas, and I'm treating him like a nothing. That's Menucha. That's the lang- That's the philosophy of this mind. Very interesting. Very different. But that Mochama means I'm not fighting with Nefesh Bahamas. I'm respecting him. I'm treating him like an equal. And we're fighting it out on equal footing. But that Menucha means I'm dealing with Nefesh Bahamas, but I'm letting him know from the get-go you're a nothing. And I'm establishing myself above him. Now let's learn it inside. Method one, which is the second line, so the top of which you'll find out is b'derech mochama. It's a way of war. The hainu. That's me. Kashekaveya say that avoid. A person establishes a way of serving the Ebrister. But eifin shall medida v'adbala. My serving that Kadosh Baruch Hu is measured. What does measured mean? I have a life, a physical life, a normal life. Part of this physical life is serving a Kadosh Baruch Hu, but the serving a Kadosh Baruch Hu has to fit into all the other things in my world. This means that I'm reasonable in my relationship with the I have a relationship with Abish, but I'm a creature of reason. My life is lived reasonably, right? As the Ramam would describe it. A person needs to eat, you don't eat too, too much. A person needs food, it shouldn't taste too good, it shouldn't taste too bad. A person has to have a home, the home has to be decent, but not uh, totally. Uh, Consuming of the person in terms of its appearance. Everything has to be balanced. That's reasonable. And my relationship with the Abishta, it has to also be reasonable. There's a process, there's an analysis, there's a study, there's a discussion. To understand and explain that godliness is good. It's good for me. So I'm going to be a religious Jew because it's a good thing. It's true. That's one thing. And it's good. But for every argument, there can be a counter argument. I can explain why it's good for me to be a yid, but I can also explain maybe it gives room to the opposition's tightness. If I'm trying to understand reasonably what serving Hashem is good, I have to also entertain the possibility that maybe reasonably it isn't good. The kivin sheish tainus mitzachek and There's two sides. There's a war, and the key is when you say to the nefesh Bahamas, "Let's have a conversation. Let's decide whether being from is a good idea or a bad idea." Even if you decide to be from, but it's a fight because it's a from kai juxtaposed against something which disagrees. And I'm skipping a line where you have the vertical line in the text. Eight lines in the top of the page. When you say to the Yetzirah, I'm a reasonable man, let's talk it through. You let the Yetzirah offer his proposals. Skip a line. Even when you win, logic prevails, serve Baruch Emotion prevails, love spirituality. Says the Rebbe, first of all, it's the Fisha, it's temporary. It happens through a war. There was also the idea you gave Nebuchadnezzar Bahamas room for his position. 
says the Rebbe, skipping a line again, the fight is never over. Today I win, tomorrow I got to fight again. Yes, today I understand that it makes sense to the Abish. Today it feels right. So the Abish, tomorrow I got to do it over again. This is called Mulchamu. So understand. Disengaging from the Nebuchadnezzar Bahamas is not on the table at all. Engaging in the Nebuchadnezzar Bahamas, you can do it on a level you live, what they call a moderate life, a reasonable life. In, in some cultures, they call it to God and to light, to man and to God, the world and heaven. But when you're doing that, your Yiddishkeit is every day a new fight because both worlds are part of your paradigm. What is Shalom, says the Rebbe? The Eifan Abeis, I circle the words Eifan Abeis, but there's another way to engage with Yetzirah, and you're engaging with Yetzirah, and yet it's peaceful. How could you engage with Yetzirah? Be peaceful, says the Rebbe, like this. You're not separated. To evolve spirituality alone. Skip a line. Mikomo connects to a vertical line, nevertheless. There's no negotiating. Nor is there reason. Skip a line again. There's a strength. What kind of a strength? An Ashama strength. Not an intellectual strength, a spiritual strength. Not a reasonable strength, an atmin, an essence strength. This is Emes, finished. Why? The Abish gave it to me. Conversation over. So when you approach it this way, so first of all, the Rebbe says, and I circled these words, when you take that position, you focus on positive because you're not dealing with the evil. You're saying to Yitzhahara, this is right, keep quiet. The Rebbe Ed is a lot of light. You give no room for the opposition whatsoever. Says the Rebbe, you know what happens then? I am seven lines from the end of the paragraph now. You, when you are resolute and hard, and you don't have to fight every day. The Shabbat was told long ago that no one's going to listen to him. You have to fear the enemy. You're not reasoning with him. You're not saying, let's figure out the balance. You're disregarding it. Well, she was God love. You're defeating him. You're giving him no existence whatsoever. So, Pada B'Shalim and Pada B'Mulchama means your choice. Not the Abish did it all. Your choice. If you want to live a normal life, we're Gashmis and Ruchnis. Both on the table. And you have to find balance. You never finish looking for the balance. There's always, Yitzhahara says, maybe you do this, maybe you compromise on this, compromise on that, compromise on thing. And you have to go through it all over again. But if your life is lived on the principle of Yiddishkeit only, because you're coming from what Chassidus would call Chaya, higher than Seichel and the you put the Nefesh Bahamas in its place, so it's not peaceful that you're not fighting with the Nefesh Bahamas. It's not peaceful that there's no Nefesh Bahamas. It's peaceful that you don't have to go over and over and over and over again because you're not giving him any Matthias. So the Rebbe says, in Muhammad itself, in the engagement with the Nefesh Bahamas itself, there is engagement with Nefesh Bahamas where you're compromising with him. And there's engagement with Nefesh Bahamas where you're telling him, go fight him. And the latter is called Sholem. Fascinating, fascinating, fascinating. And then the Rebbe says in the next paragraph, <laughs> Difference when Beis Efani Aveda Hanal between these two methods, who Achiluk Shabein Aveda the Sheishes Meachel Aveda the Shabbos. There's a difference between weekday and Shabbos, and I have to tell you, I don't understand how this paragraph follows the paragraph before. I don't understand it. I don't understand it. 
but we'll try our best to understand. The Rebbe says, during the week, you're involved in Gashmias. Involvement in Gashmias means you have to make a living, you have to, you have to be real. So you are giving a Matthias to Elam Hazer, because you have to live in Elam Hazer. If you're giving a Matthias to Elam Hazer, the balance between Kedusha and Klippa is a Mulchama. Shabbos, you dissociate from Elam Hazer. So the male there's no Mulchama. And of course, the logic here is that on Shabbos, a Jew positions himself with an Akshonis. There's nothing but God. Today, there's only Shabbos. There's only Shabbos. And because you position yourself on that level, this is considered Shalom. So like I said to you, I, I have an issue with the comparison between these two drachim of the weekend and Shabbos, and I'll tell you why. Shabbos has a characteristic that the week that the first part doesn't have. What makes Shabbos Shabbos is that it comes after the weekdays. When you talk about the two methods of avoid, it's not A leading to B, it's either or. So it's a very, very hard comparison. Now that ever makes a comparison means which is tr- it's true. We have to understand what the Rebbe means when the Rebbe says that just like you can choose a path of moderation where you always have to struggle and fight or you can choose a path of principle where you fight only once that's the difference I guess the way you explain it is when Yit has an Yisoyen of Shabbos and Mishved because of Parnassah and other reasons and he decides that Shabbos is Shabbos when Shabbos comes there's no Mokhomer because it's Akshonis it's Zoyen Nishtandah but it's okay that we don't understand everything. It's just not okay that we fool ourselves. So we're on page Kufay and Hey now, middle of the page. That's like Number one is Krav. What does Krav mean? An engagement. If you disengage from Yerefesh Bahamas, you're wasting your life. You have to engage. You cannot do what the Rebbe said on Beis Kufay and Beis Kufay and Gimel to dissociate. You have to fight if to be involved with the Nevesh Abahamis. You shouldn't separate yourself categorically. I'm skipping a line on me, Komakim at the same time. You can fight without a fight. How do you fight without a fight? Be stubborn, be a Jew. Don't decide that your life has to be 50% Gashmis, 50% Ruchnius. Decide your life is all about Ruchnius. And Nevesh Bahamas knows this place. So Padah B'Shalom means you are not giving the Yitzhahara a Matthias, but mainly you don't have to fight with him, which is a fascinating story. We read approximately four pages and read a complete piece of the Maimon. What we just did is a shtickle. In other words, it's an Inyan B'Fnayatzmi. This is a self-contained piece of the mind that first of all introduces disengagement versus engagement and then talks about two levels of engagement where you fight it out and when you study yourself above it you compare to Shabbos in the weekdays Pada B'Shalom is Shabbos Pada B'Shalom is the higher level Now, I want to read one more page Vihine Sift out We understand now that there's a phenomenon of Pada B'Shalom and we understand further that Padre B'Sholem is not about the Ebishter. It's about us. Padre B'Sholem is attitude. Padre B'Sholem is I established my life, you know, on the parameter, parameters of Kolayetzim, Muhammad's based Dalek, and Kisus, case of Ishtay. My life is not a 50-50. A life which is 50-50, the struggles never stop. The temptations never stop. The doubts never stop. The going over and over never finish. You establish yourself on a principle of 100% and 0%. I'm a Yid. And you fight once. Says the Rebbe, in this Akshanus, in this part of the Shola, where a Jew establishes himself on a level, 
where he's not giving mitzias to the Nevisha Bahamas. And therefore, even though he's involved, it's not a Mokhova, there's Madregas. And the Madregas are Shloy Mahamelech and Mashiach. That's what follows. Shloy Mahamelech was Padre Bishalom. According to the Rebbe, what does it mean? The Shloy Mahamelech was Padre Bishalom. Shloy Mahamelech set himself a life course that said there's only God. That's it. Everything is from God's perspective. Toikif. It's not reason, it's not negotiating, it's not analyzing, it's I'm above it, so there's no Muhammad. It's very hard to understand how you can say that about Shleim HaMelech, but that's the premise of the Maimed. The premise of the Maimed is Shleim HaMelech is on this Madrege of Shalom, what does Shalom mean? He engages the Bahamas and he tells the Bahamas, you're not Tefas Mokam by me. But the Rebbe wants to now split it here further. That in this idea that when you fight with your Nefesh HaBahamas, you set yourself up in such a way where you're not going to negotiate with him. You're going to set yourself above him. This Madregis itself. How much above? One Madregis Shlema Melech and the other Madregis Mashiach. So we go on. And the Rebbe goes into the mysticism of Shlema What's the mysticism of Shlema Melech? The Pasuk says, Shalem Vishaket Eten Al Yisrael B'Yamad. There's going to be peace and quiet during his times. Shavaydasay Ha'isa, the way he served the Ebishter, with Ba'ayfun in such a fashion, Shayashab became, he sat in his seat. Umitzadribe Rachmasa, he had such a powerful force of Chachma, he nebederach Mamelo automatically, Niskabtoil, Ubawe love, he took the Sakadusha, the spark of holiness came to him. Shayimach sat in Jerusalem, and they came to him. It's represented, of course, by Malkas Shva, she's considered the Umazev. Shayimamelach, Malkas, Queen of Sheba, came to Jerusalem on her own. This is the idea, Shayimamelach's Kayach, was so powerful that the Klippas came to him. So now, if we're going to interpret that idea in the context of this Maimah, how do you have to explain it? Shleim HaMelech became famous for his hardness in prioritizing God. The world heard that there was a king who lives in a beautiful palace and has so much wealth and his entire reality is serving the Abishir with such a toikif that the idea that there is a balance between Gashmir and Ruchmir isn't and it intrigued people. It intrigued people to such a degree that they came to check this out. How could a person be a king and live in the lap of luxury and yet in his own world Gashmi is not That's how you have to understand the Pshat and the Maim. Now, you don't want a parallel for this. Rabbi Nakadish. The Rebbe was excessively wealthy. He was so, so rich. Rabbi Nakadish raised up his pinkies on his deathbed and he said, I am a witness to myself. I did not enjoy this world even like my pinkies. This was a man who used to feed an army every day. His kitchen was, was fed hundreds and thousands of people. But there was much of his staff. And I never enjoyed, in other words, it's possible for a person to be this involved in Gashmir's, but the attitude is, this is not important. This is not half of my life. My life is serving the Abish. Malkas Shva, the world here, that there is a Solomon. He's a big chokhmah. But... His life is established in the principle of Shalom. Somehow, he's managed to condition himself that he thinks only about Avedis Hashem. The world is simply a servant to that and not a partner to it. So they came running. So they have turned to page now. Kuf Ayin. During the generation of Shalom Amalek, the moon was full. 
In other words, Shemimach's times allowed for this kind of Padre Bishalom. And again, if we are going to maintain the line of reasoning that we did in the first four pages that we read, you have to say, it doesn't only mean that the Eivishter brought Shalom to Shalom but that Shlomo brought Shalom to Shalom How did Shlomo bring Shalom to Shalom HaMelech? Shlomo prioritized his Nishama, Das HaVakeh and didn't give him a tears to go from Nefesh HaBahamah. And therefore, Shlomo HaMelech lived in an age where he didn't have to fight every day with Klippa. And the Klippas came to him, says the Rebbe, the second line from the top, This is not complete. Why? It is true that because Shlomo was a powerful king, but he established his life on the principle of Sholem. And again, remember, I am not making up this moment. I'm teaching it to you. And the approach is, Sholem means I don't give a Matthias to my Tzachek and Egid. So you must say that this means that in Shlomo's personal life, as rich as he was, he didn't give any Matthias to his Gashmi as they can have. And it intrigued people. How could a person have so much Gashmi? It has no Tzachek Mokram, and it drew them to him. But there was a criteria. And the criteria was, They had to appreciate Shleimah's stubbornness. They had to find value, they had to find meaning, or the Rebbe calls the light of holiness. Shleimah HaMelech's attitude appealed to them because they had a spiritual half. And the spiritual half that they had said to them, I got to check out a person who decided not to fight it out, but to set himself above it. And they came. Ve'ilu, six lines on top of the page now. The ultimate shalom is, that you bring to you, not only those sparks, we could feel the light of holiness, even such sparks, in which the light of holiness has been so blackened, because the various hiddennesses and obstructions, in other words, Shleim HaMelech had a strength of priority which drew people to him. But it only drew people to him who were intrigued by that Ruchni Yazdik Shleim HaMelech could not draw to him such beings who didn't care about Ruchni at all and that they should also be drawn to him. And the Rebbe is going to argue that's not going to happen until Mashiach comes. But then the Rebbe says something much more disturbing. And what of the second thing is, if you look at the end of the paragraph, it says, Malkas Shva. You see three lines in the paragraph? You see it? It says, Malkas Shva was the opponent of Shleim HaMelech, but she was sufficiently spiritual to be intrigued by Shleim HaMelech's peace, and she was drawn to him, and she gave herself to him, right? She went back home, she remained as she was, which is a second chasadim. The first chassad of Shleim HaMelech is that his shalom, as great as it is, only intrigues those who have an interest in Emes. But it's temporary. Shleim HaMelech dies, they go back to where they were before. When Mashiach comes, the shalom has two advantages over Shleim HaMelech. Number one, it draws to shalom. In other words, the akshonis of the times of Mashiach. And if I had to put it in words, I would say, Shleim HaMelech's akshonis is chay. Mashiach's akshonis is yechidah. And therefore, it draws to itself even Klippas that have no interest in Ruchnius. They hear that there's a person who's the richest man in the world, has the nicest house, and has no Tfisus Mokim. And all he cares about the Ebishter, this draws them in. And when Mashiach comes, it's going to draw them in on an even higher level. 
how much higher is it going to be? First of all, it's going to draw in even those Nitzut Kedusha that the Rebbe calls in the Maimonim. Chaticha Atzma Nasas Nevela, where the light itself is dark, but there's something more. And that is, read the last two lines of that paragraph, the Eifin Shekol HaAmem Yishapchu, total transformation. Lo'avdesh Chamech HaTaseh Hashem as one portion, which is Tachlis HaShleim is Binyan Apadiyah B'Shalom. So we have, Shleim Taka achieved Shalom. And according to this, Ma'im Shalom is an attitude in Avaidah. It's not a gift from the Yemish. But the attitude in Avaidah that Shleim had could only reach certain levels of Klippus and only reaches as long as his torch was shining. Shleim HaMelech goes away, they go back to where they were. Mashiach is going to shine even a brighter torch, which is going to draw even the deepest and most hidden sparks, and the transformation is going to be permanent. So let's talk ourselves through. We establish, first of all, that to serve Hashem in a disengaged way is wrong. You have to struggle. But who says you have to fight? You can just set yourself above it. So there's a level of a fight. There's a level of setting yourself above it. And then in the level of setting yourself above it, there's Hashlem HaMelech did it, HaMashiach is going to do it. And in the next paragraph, the Rebbe begins, That level only happens when Mashiach comes. Says the Rebbe, Nevertheless, we know that we have to set it up now. The Sholem, which is going to be when Mashiach comes, which means that the Akshonus of Ayid, the Nisham of Ayid is going to shine on such a level, where the Helem, the opposite of Kedusha, no Tvitas Mokim, is going to be with such a taken that it draws the deepest and most hidden spots in a totally transforming and permanent way, says the Rebbe, we need to set it up now. And therefore, Padre B'Shalom Nafshi is not just a story, it's a lesson. The way we learn Padre B'Shalom is describing personalities who live Hashem in certain ways. We have to establish our lives on a level of Shalom. And we have, which of course means an akshonis in Yiddishkeit rather than a compromise and a blend in Yiddishkeit. And we set up this akshonis in Yiddishkeit in our Teira, in our Gnos Chasodim, in our Tfilo, to serve Hashem. But in addition, we set up our Yiddishkeit in our Teira, in our Tfilo, in our Gnos Chasodim, level of Sholem, to, to, to bring about the coming of Mashiach. And that's what the Rebbe says at the bottom of page Kufay and Vav. He brings the Medrash that one rega after the Chorbim, Mashiach is born. That means to say, Seven lines from the bottom of the page. As soon as the goal starts, the beginning of Mashiach happens. We have to serve the Ebeshev in this way. And therefore the Rebbe says, we have to study Taira and what it means Taira with Shalom. We have to study Gamach and what it means Gamach with Shalom. We have to study Tefillah and what it means Tefillah with Shalom. And remember, Shalom doesn't mean that Hashem makes it easy. Shalom means that we set ourselves above a struggle. And this we'll do on Sunday.